And we're back for the penultimate episode before the Green Prince Awards. How are you feeling? It's not the penultimate episode before the Green Prince Awards, it's the last episode before the Green Prince Awards. What does penultimate mean? The second to last. Okay. It's the second to last episode well, of the year. Let's keep, let's keep this in. Um, yeah, how are you doing? We'll keep this in. Yeah, keep it in. Okay. <laughs> we need Hi. content this week. <laughs> um... I'm more. I'm very tired, and I've forgotten this movie already. To be honest, <laughs> leave the world behind. We're on episode forty-three. <clears throat> Actually, on the way here, I was going to tell you off air, but I just thought I'd save it for now. Behind a cyclist, <laughs> swerving all over the place, and uh, and have a guess why why he was swerving all over the place. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. What was he drunk? Worse, it was on his phone. Well, so you're telling me this on, on air, are you? He was you sitting like on his phone, swerving, and I was like, what's this? Yeah, that's pretty normal in the city centre. Oh. I, mean, I know, but like, if you get hit, who, who's to blame? Definitely cyclist looking at Twitter on his phone, surely. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, I thought that's bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, I, I, the, the amount of sh- I see, we're in the capital city, the amount of stuff I see kicking off on the streets like <laughs> every corner you turn there's a point I'm just a motorist like, out his car yeah. and a cyclist shouting at him yeah or a cyclist under a taxi or something <laughs> oh, yeah um, anyway <laughs> so leave the world behind um, this dropped on Netflix and we, we obviously were struggling for something to do we, we had Wonka as an option but we just oh, didn't want to do that yet um, another remake or prequel or whatever I just think Wonka wouldn't have had much of a conversation topic around it and, and I, I'm, I'm not going to rush to see it myself yeah um, we've got a couple of TV series that end at the start of the new year so start of next year sorry so Leave the World Behind was, is, was number one last week on Netflix number one film um, which, which was quite interesting I think it's quite obvious why it was number one um, a win for Doomsday Preppers this film I feel like <laughs> yeah must, there must need a, there must be a need of a new series there's that there's that American TV show where they, they go to like people's huts and it's like yeah I got uh, <laughs> how many cans 16. of beans <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so that seems to become a background um, what did you think of this film it, I mean like, unfortunately the word, is, the word is just forgettable isn't it like uh, it started off I knew nothing about this movie going in mm-hmm. um, I thought the soundtrack was really cool I mean they drop a uh, like a big Joey Banas track over the uh, titles which was cool and then I saw a um, I saw what, it, amongst the titles um, produced by The Obamas which is mad yeah um, now is that a hint to them knowing something because <laughs> <laughs> no. the way this film went it was like yeah okay could this actually happen um, oh actually that, well because I was just thinking, obviously, they've not written it. They've produced it. It's mm. based on a novel, isn't it? But, yes, um, you're right. But then why would they choose to produce this? Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Uh, it does feel a bit like like a kind of warning from a from a higher political place. But um, back to the soundtrack. <laughs> what I immediately thought of, what you know, when I saw the Obama's names on the screen and the, during the titles, I immediately thought of, I don't know, whenever... Oh, uh, what was it? Um, before the money, the uh, the Joey Ballas album came out. I don't know what year that was. Was it like twenty fifteen? Maybe even before that. I can't remember. Can but there check. was the whole um, a lot of publicity around that album was that uh, one of the Obamas' kids 
one of the girls wore a priority shirt and it was like a whole mm. it was a whole thing it was like you know pre- presidential validation of this of this album almost <laughs> it was, kind it of was. Cool. <clears throat> yeah when did you say? I guess 2015 20th of January 2015 oh god nice well done nice um yeah so I thought this movie was poorly timed <laughs> right at the end of the year you mean um no I, th- I think we're we're right in the midst of okay so there's, there's wars already happening before before the two that have happened the last two years but we're right in the midst of a, a huge European war and then um a, a kind of a newer conflict um between Israel Palestine newer conflict well a newer yeah right no, you know, know I mean, yeah. they have declared war right so and then you release a film like this and I just feel like it's like obviously they've already made the film and it's based on a novel but like releasing it now and when there's so much kind of horror happening in the world is I, I, I don't like the timing of it I mean I hear what you're saying and obviously the context that a story is released to to the world in does have an effect on the story itself and on obviously its reception but it doesn't you don't as a writer or I mean I know this was written the novel was probably written a long before yeah, the yeah. movie was even scripted but um, as a writer or a producer you don't owe the sort of context anything you don't yeah. owe your sort of like the cultural zeitgeist of the moment like is that the right word? Probably, I think I've used the, the word wrong, but I don't think you owe your context anything. I don't think you have to fit with the current climate. And I think sometimes an effort to fit with the uh, with the current climate is kind of corny. It's only it's only three years old. It's actually twenty twenty. This this was written, which is kind of interesting because you know that's middle of the pandemic as well. That's interesting. So is that a, a, a nod to let's say this writer believing that the the pandemic. Was a, I've just yeah. done air quotations. <laughs> the, the pandemic was some, you know, was some kind of cyber attack. Or, or the pandemic, attack, you know. Um, um, I mean, yeah, like you know, biological warfare or something like that. Is in that my where head, it's coming from there. In my head, this was written, you know, like this is a sort of contemporary of nineteen eighty four, like mm. a sort of nineteen eighty four vibe novel. So I'm, I'm really surprised to learn this was written so recently. But I guess it makes sense for it to come out the uh, the pandemic, like a um, a piece about isolation yeah. and um, being abandoned by the government and like yeah. what would, how easily uh, society can just fall apart collapse yeah so yeah I, I, that's interesting I, I imagine this is just creative like I hope <laughs> there's some disturbing messages and ideas in it that are plausible um, so and, mm. and, and that brings me on to like why it's number one right so was it a good story and, and no. people are drawn to it because it's a story or I think it's or is it just sexy it's just here it's the here and now it's the terror that's going on right now so people are kind of drawn to you know people are drawn to like I wouldn't describe that as sexy but I know what you mean sorrow right? aren't they yeah yeah and yeah, bad yeah, things yeah, happening yeah, to yeah, people yeah, yeah. it's why somebody like you know so many people tune into the, the 9-11 documentary every year <laughs> like mm. it's the same thing it's the sort of morbid like it, everybody says oh it's it's in memoriam but it's not it's a morbid fascination yeah it's a it's a we kind of like horrifying ourselves with the with the true story I, I almost feel like the same reason that a lot of people maybe not Americans but a lot of people watch like stuff like the 9-11 memorial documentaries is the same thing that's in us that draws us to you know serial killer documentaries and stuff mm. there's the weird kind of like 
fascination with horrific events and like yeah. the dark side of humanity. Yeah. Uh, which does, I mean, frankly, make incredible stories. <laughs> um, so I, I get it. And maybe this is another piece like that. Did the horror come through for you? I mean, no. there's the... So, so for me, I actually thought this was... So when I was watching it, I was, I was very uncomfortable, which oh. I think is the goal of the film. Mm. Um, and I, I, was, I was definitely engrossed. Yeah. And, and, and the deer thing, the thing they did with the deer, where the deer oh, just kept yeah. staring at everyone. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I was like, okay, are they going to try and make deer creepy? I think they succeeded. I, I was really freaked <laughs> out by deer at the end of this film. Yeah. So there's there's some successes yeah. there. Did like did anything work for you? Like there's the there's the deer, there's the light, there's the pulling of the teeth, the limes disease. Oh, that was grim. Yeah, like there, oh. there's some there was some good work there. I thought regarding making you kind of feel like you're in that situation, or or you know, be creeped out by what was going on and and feel the intensity of the mm. film. It's strange. It started off really well for me because uh, it's just the whole like the unknown. Like you know, there's there was. They did a really good job of making me feel unsettled right from the start, but yeah. but like it was hard to tell why. Yeah. Um, the cinematography was, I think, the standout for me in this movie. Like the, the cameras, you know, panning up and spinning around in the air, bird's eye views, the shots of people walking up the stairs and stuff, and passing through windows, and you know, the, the camera uh, focusing on somebody in the house from outside, and then the camera moves in and catches them, and you know, like all that kind of stuff. So that was really really cool and it did a lot to create the atmosphere and create that sort of like underlying tension um there was some really strange like like camera switching yeah. where, was, where the camera didn't it's like you didn't switch lens the camera just followed what was going on in a really yeah, yeah, panicked yeah, yeah. manner yeah yeah um, which was quite strange they used that as a good effect i think the cinematography was a standout but the thing is it never sort of progressed from that like you've got the underlying tension it was like why is this happening and it was almost like it never really told you the movie never really just like decided you know what I mean There was it dropped hints yeah. it felt like it was building and then you just sort of get this exposition dump at the end where it's probably this oh it's alright well, okay. and we'll move on <laughs> <laughs> but, but what about the um, you like being told a story in the middle right is that not what we kind of had here yeah because we were left at the end where we were like okay like that film ended and we were like wow they're still in it yeah she switched the episode of Friends on maybe they're gonna find the uh, yeah. maybe they're gonna find the uh, what would you call the uh, bunker yeah and maybe they'll be okay yeah but like you don't know that because yeah. they, they completely think she's gone yeah and um, I'm cool with an ambiguous ending but this was way 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 too ambiguous right. this felt like it ended at the end of the first act yeah. Like naturally, I think as a viewer, you want like a little bit more catharsis, a little bit more conclusion than we were given. Yeah, it was one of those movies where there's 20 minutes left, and you're thinking, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are they gonna fill all this in? in? Yeah. yeah. Um, homage to Friends? Did you? What, what was all that? Did you like that? I movie? didn't understand it. I feel like it's gone over my head. Do you know the um, the theme the, the theme tune that they played at the end as the girl you know puts on that final episode? Mm. Um, I thought that was that, that that had quite an impact. I thought that was yeah. maybe it was just because the theme tune has always had quite an impact. <laughs> okay. But um, it, you know, it was that you know there was a bit of an arc there. She was desperate to see how um, friends Friend. ended, yeah. and then you know it looked like there was no technology, like you know no 
humanity was over and then she finds this bungle with a DVD player and Friends happens to be there it, it all seemed like it was just a house wasn't it she'd broken into someone's yard yeah but the, I mean they had a doomsday prepped bunker well, in the bottom fair yeah very impressive one might add yeah I mean uh, something I did like about this movie talking about you know telling the, the story from the middle or whatever is that it's a different perspective on the sort of doomsday like apocalypse scenario you know we've had how many apocalypse movies where you know it's centers around somebody right at the heart of the action. Mm. Any other movie would have set this in the center of New York when this went down. Yeah. But like, this was a very isolated family that have left the city and this has yeah. happened to you them You saw the outside. explosions in the city. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's where the film would usually be usually set. Usually be set. That's where your Cloverfields or your 2012s or whatever, like, you know, that's where it's going to happen in those movies. But this isn't some like big blockbuster fucking action flick or whatever. This is like, uh, slightly more creative than that this family on the outside of it and having to work mm. it out do you know what I mean um, and that worked but the thing is like you could tell the story a million times over you could you really could you could put this you know you could put this with different with characters in, in all kinds of different settings when yeah. this happened in, in the same way that you know it's like wow well, what did you do during the pandemic where were you like you know everybody's got a story and some are interesting and some aren't like and they just sort of chose one at random and the whole obviously the whole thing's framed through like the character's lack of knowledge of the situation um, but it just doesn't go anywhere mm. it just mm. cuts off right at the end it's like and I, and I appreciate that that was the aim of the author of the novel like the ambiguity and from what I've heard uh, the, the novel is almost more ambiguous how did you feel about the ending? it's interesting actually because unfortunately I because I knew the runtime of this film, I ended up checking the length like 20 minutes before the end. So then what ended up happening to me was it was hard for, to be as disappointed because I knew I knew the end was coming. So I was like, I knew they're not going to be able to tie all of this up. All yeah, of this up. you were expecting the ambiguity. So I was expecting them to kind of just leave it somewhere. I mean, I mean it. What again, like you're right, it was way more ambiguous than 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 I thought it was ever going to be but I think I like the fact that there was there's many more things that can happen from that point and we're just not never going to know I, I know I know that's a lot of people do kind of hate that when when stories aren't kind of you know completed um, see usually I'm, I don't mind it myself but this one bothered me it was it was. you could probably say it was too much like, this one was, felt lazy but, well yeah it felt hard, like half a job it was like oh imagine this happened here's a couple of disjointed kind of horrific ideas like the Teslas crashing and the uh, yeah that was quite cool and the, and the deers and whatever the deer showing up and staring at them but then like no explanation like, what, were the, what was going on with the deer yeah was that also was that like the, like the friends thing was that like you know, figurative and like no, metaphorical I, I, I think that's got so, over my head. There's something about um, there was a line that was like, "Oh, the animals know," um, yeah, and 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 that was it really. Um, and the cast was pretty good as well, I thought. Yeah. And so, so it's like, okay, you've got a cast that you haven't really utilized very well. Well, I mean, I, I felt like you know Julia Roberts and um, Mashallah Ali had like some pretty cool scenes together, and like. I mean, there was phenomenal acting from both. Of yeah, them. Uh, Ethan Hawke did pretty good as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, the child actors I thought were pretty good. The the, the boy yeah. I thought he was quite good. Yeah, I mean, 
Look, the acting was fairly standout, uh, or, you know, fairly stand-up, rather. The cinematography was pretty good. The soundtrack was cool. It was put together really well. The story was where it fell short. Mm. Like, I wouldn't want to read this novel because nothing bloody happens. So, the daughter of um, Mashallah Ali in this, um, Ruth Scott, mm-hmm. um, wh- where else have, do you recognise her from this uh, year? 100% recognise her. I've seen her. In a couple of things. It's one something we've reviewed this year. Oh my god. Um, go on, you have to. T- oh! Yeah, go Great on. Great Expectations. No! Shit. I can't remember Great Expectations. Um, oh, it could be. She could be in that as well. No. No, she's not. I, I, tell, she I, I tell you, um, Black Mirror Season 6. Oh shit, of course. In um, Lock, Lock Henry. Henry. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, she's great actually. Yeah. What's her name? You tell me. <laughs> Myla, 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 Myla. We can't pronounce her name. I'm sorry. Myla. Someone's gonna correct us in the comments and we'll um, never forget. Myla, yeah. Well, Myla sounds about right. Um, so <laughs> two two news. I've got two new sections for this film. Right, what, we're gonna what? do. We're gonna, one won't return. One I hope will. Sections. What do you mean? Two sections of the show. Okay. Two new sections. Two topics of conversation. So. This one is called ins- Inspiring or Irritating. Okay? So, right. th- so this is a almost a direct quote from the film. Mm-hmm. And I want, you to, I want you to tell me if you find it an inspiring quote to live by mm-hmm. or an cool. irritating comment that's just lazy and off the cuff okay. and just trying to get like some this. attention, right? I like this. So <clears throat> this is something um, Mashar Ali said during the film. Um, so, he says, the thing that scares me the most is people that don't learn despite how much they suffer from their mistakes. Is that inspiring, true, something to live by, or is that nonsense? The thing that scares me the most is people that don't learn despite how much they suffer from their mistakes. Well, it's a, it's, he's expressing an opinion. Do I agree with it? Uh, yeah, that's, I suppose it's annoying. <laughs> I suppose it's an, like, I, yeah, I suppose that is... Like is it wisdom? I I look. I thought, oh, that's quite. That's quite. I might live by that because live by what? The well, like choose for that to be the thing that scares you the most. No, like. no. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I've never thought of that. The fact that like, that the, there are people out here that no matter what, will just continue to do like the same thing. So, so he was talking about his yeah. in the film. He was talking about the guy that had like this massive problem where like investments and stuff like that and just kept on doing the same bad investments just just really messing himself up but just continued to do it and and you do see that you, you see that in real life you see people that do the wrong thing over and over again to, just to spite themselves who's the uh the the voice actor for the other uh, villain in far cry 3 the guy that got loads of awards i think the character's name was Vaz. um what was the line what's his line uh, the definition of insanity being like someone who does the same thing over and over again yeah like despite it not working or something I, I butchered the line I can't remember what it was but like it makes me think of that and that was brilliant that was like a really powerful line to come from that villain um, Vaz Montenegro Michael Mando Michael Mando I remember it, it, like it got a ton of awards didn't it that character or the voice actor or something um, that to me is a is quite a powerful line I feel like in this this is just uh, the character GB GB? GH. GH. Um, just expressing 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't work for me. It's an opinion of a character. Don't fully understand it. It won't inspire you. You won't have it on your bedroom wall. What? No. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> well, hopefully that section will come back. Because you, you see... Um, you hear things in films and TV series that have gone on over the years that, yeah, of that course, people of course, take with course, them. Like so lines become embedded. So if, I, if anything resonates with me, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll bring it to this conversation. Nice. Oh, I like the idea. <clears throat> um, so we can do some comments. Okay. Um, so let's look for it. So this was quite well received. So let's have a look at some of the good comments. Um, the ending. It was almost good. There's there's some of the headlines here. It was almost good at the ending. So no, so here we go. Eight out of ten. Um, if you've read the book, don't let that put you off. Oh <laughs> wow. The book was poorly written, pretentious, and so bad it made me angry. Oh god, right, okay. Um the hype was totally undeserved. Um it was a sound premise and it was very poorly executed. Thankfully it only paid thirty nine P for it online. So um <laughs> Yeah, so they preferred the film to the to the book. Um, so here they say the cast is outstanding. Um, it's a gri- gripping tale on screen with clever social commentary. Um, Julia Roberts is unlikable. Well, yeah, the character, maybe. Um, how hard is it for her to make that work? I love her, always have, but at times I was glaring at her. That's the there character, not the acting. Well, well, yeah. Um, much better than the rating suggests, that is another comment. Um, the beginning of the end of civil life. For mm. over two hours, the movie shows the first... Oh, it was quite a long film, actually. I didn't really notice that. So now, it was a long... so now we've got a long film that didn't do very much. Because yeah. I watched it in chunks, right? Did you? Oh, I okay. watched... It, it was two and a half hours. Mm. So, you know, I remember what, I watched the first hour and then went away and then there was still another... Yeah, so it was two and a half hours. I was looking at this film as a 90-minute piece because it was just so, so it half felt, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it, isn't it? It feels half done. Okay, that's a bit of a problem. Interesting that this guy said, or that guy said, um, don't let the book put you off. Because this movie's put me off reading the book. Mm. Not that I was going to anyway, mm. but you know what I'm saying? Like, didn't know it existed before the movie, but I wouldn't read the book based on this portrayal of it. A lot of, yeah, a lot of indifferent, you know, a lot of strong opinions on this movie. Um, one comment a, a solid unique good and deep psychological thriller that won't stop being thrilling wow there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, descriptive words there leave the world behind it's a winner the ending is the best part here we go people will cry about the ending but it's the best part I won't go into details but the <laughs> ending isn't the ending it's the beginning how people can't see that is beyond me. Well, that's the fucking problem, isn't it? Yeah, that is the problem. The film is an apocalyptic horror comedy, essentially. Okay. Um, a dive into what makes us human and how we judge others, but in reality, we're just living our own delusion. It's very meta, and most people won't get it. That's fine. Oh, fair. yeah. All right. It's too intelligent for everyone that doesn't it's enjoy got an it. Andrew, Andrew Tate fan here. Yeah. Um, I really like the tension, the acting, the score, and the comedic break scenes, dancing, etc. The other way the film excels is how it uses exposition. <laughs> they use character, dialogue, and subtleties subtleties to slowly bring the plot. It's not for everyone, but if you like cinema that's not made to be easily digested, you will like it. Well ah, done. Okay, so we've got a guy that doesn't understand what exposition is. 
Um, Shut up. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's in the middle. It's rotated in the middle. Critics actually don't mind it, which is interesting. Yeah, Considering some of the things they end up hating. Um, Yeah, so... The last section, which won't return. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go with... um, What type of doomsday prepper are you going to be? Apathetic. Hang on. (laughs) So... Doomsday hits. Mm. You know it's coming. Mm. You're three months in advance. What do you prioritize? I wouldn't. I'd prioritize living the three months. No, no, no. You are a doomsday prepper. No, I'm running headlong into the lava. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was the third question. Um, uh, that probably answers the second question. <laughs> Would you help someone at your door? You're the you're the prepped guy. Well, that's the, someone's coming needs a lot of assistance. I mean, talk about doing you know maybe doing someone's things. got a wound. Yeah, what are you is, doing? But these are all questions that are posed better by the Last of Us. Like the Last of Us, right at the beginning, you know, like obviously you've got uh, Joel and Ellie. It's not Joel and Ellie. It's Joel and uh, his daughter, who, uh, Sarah. Is it Sarah driving away from? Uh, Texas or whatever and mm-hmm. there's like a family trying to stop him and they've got a kid and they're like nah we just gotta look out for ourselves now I feel like that scene did what this whole movie tried to do in like three to four lines of dialogue <laughs> so like it's, it's the same thing it's like, yeah. like, like how quickly society completely falls apart and it becomes everyone for themselves and, yeah. like, and everyone's delusions of their own life and, and society are just shattered like that mm. Like and that honestly The Last of Us did it better in like you know, a couple five of minutes, scenes, literally five minutes. Okay, so the final question. So there, this the my, my what kind of doomsday prepper mm. section is not coming back. Um, <laughs> if you haven't prepped, I said what's the first five things you would do, but you've already told me you'd just run into the lava immediately. <laughs> just so sack it off. Be, be no it depends on what kind fall. of doomsday we're talking. Like, is this like a Last of Us style zombie apocalypse? This, oh, what, this. Oh, for, uh, what do you do? First five things. Uh, no electrics. No communication. Oh, man. I, th- well, I think it's all about where you are, wouldn't it? Okay, what's the first thing? Let's forget five. What would you I, do first? You're in, this fa- you're in this flat. Right. Oh, it's, all gone to, it's all gone to pot. <laughs> right. There's no communications, no electrics. Everyone's running around. Because here, everyone be running around panicking. Yeah. Cars flying everywhere. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think I'd try and get out of the sea. Try and get out of the I'd sea. i try and get to somewhere. Uh, okay, we're in Edinburgh. Where are you going? Somewhere straight up into the highlands. You've got a tent straight up into the highlands. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's probably what I'd do. Straight up into the highlands, despair into the mountains. Yeah. And hope it all And, all, and, and all <laughs> probably die in a fucking blizzard or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what I'd do. I, 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 was, I was thinking I might start a bunker now. <laughs> what, because of this movie? <laughs> Because something's coming. <laughs> yeah. Something has to be coming, mate. Oh, well, I tell you what I did think about watching this movie is that like I'm gonna start collecting Bengal spice tea. <laughs> this um this movie did make me think about the start of COVID and how that really did come out of nowhere. Right. I remember saying to people, nah, this is nothing, like this is like such a and then it was like you know, shut the world down for two years or whatever. Yeah. I, I said my famous comment was it won't kill anyone in Europe. Oof. I said that day one. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, I'm about as useful as Matt Hancock is. (laughs) 